Craig Lewis, I want to read the bio here. Prior to joining RZCD, what's that stand for again? Rachopo Zuber Coetzee Dion. Are you kidding me? I'm not. That's why it's like, That's why we go to employmentlawyermississauga.com. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Uh, he was a uh, principal partner in his own litigation boutique firm, which means they have fancy lamps, uh, in Toronto for 12 years after starting his legal career on Bay Street. Uh, Craig has been a frequent speaker at seminars concerning employment, advocacy matters, and has litigated successfully at all levels of court in the province. All levels of court. Yes. What does that mean? Well, like different floors? Basketball. <laughs> no, there's, there's provincial level, there's superior court level, and there's the court of appeal. This, Do you get big, nervous at the big one? You always get nervous anytime you go to court. That's a good sign, right? Because yeah, yeah. I, what was that movie where the guy threw up every time he went to court and then eventually won? Um, uh oh, the remember. one with the guy, with the guy and the throwing up. Apparently, there was a famous goalie back in the pre-mask days that who? That's Gump Worsley. Gump Worsley. Yeah. Don't thing. start with trivia stuff with this guy. It's like uh, he's the Cliff Clavin of employment <laughs> law. <laughs> there was this guy named Gump Worsley. <laughs> His first name is Lauren, actually. <laughs> he was born in Chictawaga where they had a lot of fire. That's okay. Irv Weinstein. Okay. Oh, i got to dial this in. We're not going to get anywhere in this conversation. You know that, right? That's okay. Uh, in 2011, Craig was the recipient of the Traditional Law Practice Award. What the heck is that? What does that mean? It's just an award. It's uh, They give vote awards every year for the at the Canadian Association of Black Lawyers annual gala. And this is for lawyers who practice in the what they call the traditional areas of litigation and, uh, at that time, family law. Wait, you're black? Oh, oh. Yes, I am. I'm not supposed to see color, <laughs> so that's the appropriate response, you know, isn't it, Tim? You, you know, you're supposed to see color. You're just supposed to appreciate the difference rather than judge it. Oh, okay. Canadian Association okay. of Black Lawyers. Rock solid. R- what he said was right? Oh, yeah. <sighs> It's boo boo, not poo poo. What are you new new? I've been having I've been having some of your dog's food. (laughs) Oh, this is not gonna go anywhere. You can stop reading the bio. No, I love this. This is good. He's also a trained mediator. Yeah. Um mediation in your world would seem antithetical to a paycheck. If you resolve things amicably with mediation then you don't get a chance to ramp it up and fight more and, and spend more time being a lawyer for somebody. Well, okay, being a lawyer, I guess you mean by advocating or litigating. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, most of what I do is negotiate resolutions. That's you know, 95% of cases that are started in this province settle short of a trial. So actually standing up and doing the whole suits thing and presenting a case to a judge is actually far less of what I do than normally, which is just negotiate and uh, go to mediation. Here's a scene out of Suits. <laughs> like you to take that document and read it. That's the end. Where'd you get this? That's the <laughs> we just acted a scene out of Suits. <laughs> I slid him the papers and he said, how did you get this information? I, I'm going to play Morgan, Megan Markle's part. Oh. Really? Yeah. No, that's not going to work. Not no matter what, okay. Tim. Oh, my husband's a prince. I, I quit. <laughs> well done. Thank Ladies and gentlemen, Tim the Tools, Megan Markle. Much. Well done. I see the resentment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm marrying a prince. I quit. Uh, mediator. Okay. Uh, Craig promises to fight for you in your time of need, <laughs> providing you with both a great deal of compassion and trusted skill along the way. Can I actually? I, I know that sounds uh, kind of funny the way I was reading that, but you you do have this interesting uh, duality of 
of uh, strength, charisma. I got this covered, but also, yeah, you're just pretty compassionate, heartfelt, genuine kind of dude. So that's, I don't know, it seems like that's a rare thing in your industry. Well, I can't speak for anybody else. Uh, all I can do is uh, you know, practice law the way I want to practice and the way I would want somebody to represent my interests. Um, I can tell you, after doing this for 25 years, that you know, short of family law is probably on, and it's on an island of its own. Employment law is by far the most emotional area of the practice of law. People who come into your office will routinely burst into tears. Um, after being let go from a job that they've had for a number of years. So they feel as committed to sometimes as they feel to their own family. And then when that gets taken away, uh, inevitably there's a sense of loss. And as their counsel and giving them advice, you have to be compassionate. And uh, it's not hard to to feel their pain. I've been terminated myself in my career. Have you really? I have, yes. Me too. (laughs) No, I have. I know you find that surprising. What? Everybody. Uh, no, I think the, one of the worst firings I ever had, it was well-deserved, though. I was a group sales manager at Wildwater Kingdom. I remember those years. Remember? Yep. And all I did was just stare out the window in the water park. Okay. So many amazing bathing suits. I couldn't get any work done. It was just ridiculous. And the general manager called me in and goes, uh, so, what have you been doing? <laughs> Fired. <laughs> I've been fired from Teen Ranch. Yep, mm. I remember that. Weed Man. Shut up! Who just laughed? I heard someone laugh. I was fired from Weed Man. Fired from Weed Man. But here's the thing, and this gets to the point of where I want to go here, is I got fired from these jobs yes. because I wasn't doing the job. Right. But I knew I wasn't doing the job, and when I got fired, I didn't chuck a dummy spit, as they say in Australia, and then go, well, you can't do that. Mm. So you're now li- we're now in this age where... It seems like everybody and their mother, it's it's blame shift, blame shift, blame shift. No one's ever done anything wrong, and you can't fire me, and I deserve payment, and I deserve... So how do you balance what you do with breathing in the corner? Are we all right over there? <laughs> it was your funny joke. It caught her up there. Well, the, the reality is that most people don't get fired, what we call, for cause anymore, right? So for doing a bad job. When people get let go, for, more often than not, they do get a package. They get some type of uh, of a severance payment. It's either going to be what we call uh, termination pay under the Employment Standards Act, or they're going to get what we call common law notice, which is a function of a number of factors, how old they are, how long they've done the job, what their level of responsibility was, how high up the you know what work chart are they, and their likelihood of reemployment, how qualified are they, and what kind of a job market are they going into. So... What you're talking about earlier, the people who don't do their job very well, it's extremely hard to let those people go this day and age and just give them nothing. Yeah, but so, so you're paying someone because they're crap at yeah, their job. Yeah, it's the cost of doing business. It really is. And, and, and you know, I, I can tell you that my clients on the employer side don't like to hear that. But I remember early on in my career, uh, one of the senior lawyers who was training me said, you know, listen, if I told you that I could, you know, it cost $5,000 to get rid of your two worst employees, would you pay that money? And, you know, the answer is for most, you know, employers, yeah, I would. And then his next point was, well, if you're prepared to do that, why would you pay $20,000 to try and fight the litigation that's going to ensue when you try and terminate them for cause? So it's basically, you're, you're, it's a short-term pain for long-term gain. It does drive me mental, man. I'm well, sorry. I, I don't and it's, and can I just get into the millennial rant just for a second? <laughs> I know that this is not the, f- this is the first time you've ever heard me say this on the show. Watch out, Jet's gonna start coughing again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jet, thank you for that glass of water, by the way. Oh, 
Um, the the entitlement there, right? I mean, that's what that's what the millennials are known for is you can't do this to me because I shouldn't be treated this way. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing the job, you yeah. do require treatment like that. You do need to be fired. Some of the best, honestly, I have fired, and it's different because they're they're volunteering with uh, with their internship stuff here for their hours for school and, right. all, and pad their resume or whatever. Sure. But I have fired probably thirty percent of the millennials I've hired okay. because they just don't show up. They don't do their job. They just they not they're not doing the job. Okay. Well, do you give them <sighs> feedback? Do you tell them when they're not doing their job? Yes. Do I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, because that's the important thing. If a lot of employers will say, you know, I don't like this person or this this employee. They don't do the job right, and I'll say inevitably, oh, have you have you told them that? Have right. you given them feedback? Do you do performance evaluations? Do you give them, you know, any type of guidance as to how you want them to do the job? I can see a real employer, because I'm not. I can see a real <laughs> employer going, they know what their job is. Mm. They haven't done it. They should get fired. This isn't a babysitting course. Right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. But at the same time, uh, most employers, the larger ones, do do it the right way. They train their employees, and they do have an expectation. They have a policy manual. They have all of those things. But you also have smaller employers who don't have the time and energy and the manpower to yeah. to, to do that. So. They need to have a little bit of guidance, and that's where actually my part of my practice comes in is where I'm giving them that help to say, you know, you really need to do it this way. If you really want to actually f- terminate somebody for cause, which is usually the last resort, right? you got to do this, this, and this. You've got to write them up. You've got that's to, a, no, I want to go through that. What's yeah. the this, this, and this? What's well, the procedure? You're going to have to write them up. You're going to have to have regular or periodic performance evaluations. Like Most people get hired, and they have a, what's called a probationary period. The first Is that three, three months? It's three months by statute. It could be six months, but they're entitled to termination pay after they've eclipsed the three-month process or three-month timeline. But in any event, there's a probationary period. I can tell you that more often than not, the probationary period passes, and the employer doesn't say anything to the employee. You're doing a good job, you're doing a bad job. So normally, an employee will say, well, I got past the probationary period, I must be doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. They didn't tell me I was doing a bad job. And then you say, okay, well, do you, are you happy with them? No. Well, did you did you tell them what you didn't like? Well, no. And, well, they did this one thing, but I didn't write them up on it. So what I will try and tell my employer clients is, listen, if you honestly want to, you know, improve their performance at minimum, mm-hmm. let alone mm-hmm. the whole termination idea. But if you want to actually improve their performance, you have to have a regular communication with them. You've got to say, listen, here's the expectations. I know you've got a you know you've got a job description that's attached to your employment agreement, but you know, this is what we expect. This is how we do things here. And this is what I expect you to do. And we're expecting you to make so many calls a week or so many uh, trips to the to the client per week or whatever the, the uh, requirement is. And if you don't do it, there's going to be some repercussions. We'll have a written warning, right? So it might be one written warning, and then they'll say, listen, we're going to follow you up in another two, three months. Right, right, right. Give you another you know, three months to cure your default, so to speak. To you what? Cure your default. I'm talking lawyerish. But I <laughs> love that. Hey, Tim, why don't you cure your default? Uh, I've been doing that in this corner for the last <laughs> ten years. <laughs> it smells good. Anyway, yeah. oh, wait. <laughs> 
yep, yep. But yeah, so then you're going to follow up in another three months, and then you know, it, so it's going to take some time. It's a process. Okay, uh, Tim, you were itching over there. What do you? Yeah, <laughs> what I, do you well, want to say? Adding maybe a wrinkle to the question: sure. um, What happens when uh, unions are involved? Like, are you not involved in that because the Ooh. union has their own law? Because Tim's I'm a, a teacher. teacher. I'm a teacher, so okay. there are there is a union. There's right. a procedure. Like, do you even bother with uh, with union situations? Yeah, I don't do too much. That's called labor. Yeah, so there's labor and employment. Employment is for non-unionized employees, and labor is for unionized. I don't do much in the way of labor law, but I am familiar and have done it in the past and occasionally still have an opportunity to, to do that. It's it's the same principle. The only thing that different, the real difference is that you have a collective agreement. Uh, unionized employees have collective agreements which govern the relationship between your the, the employer as management and the employees. And so if there's a problem there, then they have what's called a grievance. And then the grievance goes to step one, step two, step three, which is arbitration. And, you know, we can go down that, you know. But, but I can tell you for a fact that there's no difference with respect to discipline, right? So if you've got a situation where, you know, an employee is uh, not, you know, pulling his or her weight, then there's going to be a need for proper evaluations and before you can do anything of a disciplinary nature to uh, to terminate their employment. Uh, we are in the studio with uh, Craig Lewis. He is an employment lawyer, and his website is employmentlawyermississauga.com, employmentlawyermississauga.com. Uh, Craig, we are living in a day and age and you know we joke a little bit about this with the with the uh, intern chicks here. See, I can get in trouble just for saying that, right? Yes. Then that's the whole that's the world we're living in where you know we're talking about sexual misconduct and harassment in the workplace and mm-hmm. using the wrong terms and yes. hey babe or I don't know whatever, right? Yeah. What advice do you give to awkward males that have forgotten we're not living in RG Bunkerville anymore? Uh well, uh like don't talk to women? Well, <laughs> the best advice you can give is that to was the guy we just to, had on. <laughs> <laughs> speak to them with the utmost respect. You know, imagine you're perhaps speaking to your mother or your grandmother or something like that. So you're going to have that level of respect. I mean, hopefully you don't need to be, you know, micromanaged to that extent that you need to be always told how to how to treat a, a female coworker. Yeah. But I can tell you that you know, in this day and age, in particular, to your point. It is uh, on the front page, and it is something that's definitely uh, going to get you in trouble if you don't do it. And as an employer, you must make sure that your workplace and people who work there understand that they must treat all of their employee, their fellow employees with uh, have you had a, respect. Have you had a female come to you mm-hmm. with a, with a uh, sexual misconduct harassment in the workplace scenario? Oh, yes, for sure. Many, many times. Really? Oh, yeah. And they go, they're like, okay, um, I, need a, I need an employment lawyer. Yes. And what do they want? Well, nowadays there's a, almost well it's a, it's the law now. Every employer must have a harassment policy in the workplace. It's, it was p- passed uh, under the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Tim, can you write one of them up please? <laughs> if you have 5 or more employees, you must have a workplace violence and a workplace harassment uh, um, policy, and that will usually govern what would happen within the workplace. If, if for example, a female employee felt that she was being uh, harassed unnecessarily by yeah. either a coworker or a supervisor, there's an internal policy, right? And normally, what would happen is that she would make an, a, a complaint to human resources if there's mm-hmm. a, if there's a uh, uh, human resources department. And they should do an investigation and try and see if they can sort it out, maybe speak to the person who's uh, alleged to have harassed her, 
get him to stop. And if that doesn't work, then it goes, it escalates from there. And they do a formal investigation, either internally or they might even hire outplace workplace investigators. It's a big industry these days where they come in and they will interview the people and they'll make a finding. And they'll say, we believe on a balance of probabilities, again with the legalese, uh, that we believe this did happen. And as a result of that, then the employer has an obligation to do something about it. And it could be anything from terminating the, em- the employee or <coughs> disciplining them, suspending them, something like that. Um, Craig, yep. when, oh, I don't even know how to word this. When is a complaint, when is a race complaint legitimate and not legitimate? How, how hard is it to figure out whether someone's just pulling the race card or mm-hmm. playing the race card mm-hmm. versus, wow, you really got screwed over because of your race? How hard is that to figure out? Well, it, it's, it's usually pretty hard to prove most, uh, what we call racial discrimination cases. Okay. And, not, and that's largely because they're done in private. There's not a lot of public you know, calling people names to their faces in the audience of three and four other witnesses. No, right? you're gonna be, not going to be that stupid. Well, you, yeah, most often, more often than not, no, no the moment's that dumb. But, right. and that pays, that poses a problem. So oftentimes if somebody, you know, was to say, listen, I believe I was subjected to racial discrimination in the workplace, and so-and-so called me uh, a monkey or whatever, mm-hmm. and you say, well, was there anyone else who, was, who witnessed that? And sometimes they'll say, well, I'm not sure. Uh, so-and-so was in the, the shop floor with me. I don't know if he heard it or not. Or, but more often than not, it's done privately. Um, sometimes it is done, and, it's, and, and there are witnesses. But then the issue then becomes, are they prepared to come forward and testify hmm. if their job is now perhaps at risk? You know, it's having somebody be able to stand up, you know, when the, high, the bright lights are on and mm-hmm. uh, now, their life might or their job might be at risk. Are they prepared to back you up? So... There are definitely logistical problems in proving those cases. That's not to say you shouldn't bring those cases forward. Those those cases would be brought you know, either under the Ontario Human Rights Code uh, for you know, racial discrimination or it could be brought in the Superior Court if there were damages. For example, if you wanted to say, I, I had to quit my job because of the hostile environment, and then I would sue for what's called constructive dismissal, which is a form of wrongful dismissal. From our listeners' point of view, there are two listeners out there that apply to all this. There are there's the employee listener and there's the employer listener. Yes. If you're an employee somewhere and you're listening to the show right now and you're listening to Craig Lewis, employment lawyer, Mississauga.com, uh, if you and you're an employee, what is give me two reasons? Top two reasons. This sounds like family feud. Mm-hmm. Top two reasons are on the board. You've pulled 100 people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. For, pe- for employees right. to um, uh, hire your services. Top two reasons employees would hire your services. Okay. And they, <clears throat> the two reasons relate to both the hiring and the firing aspect of the employment relationship. Oftentimes in today's day, day and age, employers are, are having uh, employees sign what they call employment contracts, employment agreements. And that's intended to restrict the amount of notice that an employee would get when they're terminated with or without, well, mostly without cause. Right? Are they thick, wordy documents that most people don't have any clue about, that's, so they should submit it to you? That's exactly it. They're, they can be two pages or they could be ten, and I've seen them even longer than that. They can be absolutely ridiculous, and they have appendices and schedules attached to I'm sorry, to they have what? Appendices. That's the plural of appendix. I think I had one of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> so did I. <laughs> I did that about 20 years ago. But yeah, no, so, uh, so they're very wordy. They're very complicated and it, it's a legal document and it's binding. Mm. And so I always tell my clients, whether they're coming in, going out or whatever, let me take a look at it. You may not have a lot of bargaining power to be able to change the terms of that contract, but at the very least, you need to understand what you're signing. What you're signing, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that's that's the hiring aspect. And then there's the firing aspect, and that's probably more so what I do. So somebody gets terminated. They've been with the employer for, you know, five, ten years, even less than that. It doesn't matter. Um, and now they're looking at a severance package, a termination letter. It says, you know, thank you for your service. We're, you know, we're offering you this. Mm-hmm. And, and please sign a release, which says you won't sue us. And the person says, okay, well, what's the release? Why would I sign this? Why wouldn't I sign this? And that's where I come in. That's where they're going to come to me. And they're going to ask me, here's my package. You know, like, is this good? Is it bad? Is it somewhere in between? And that's what I do on a daily basis. You know, it's it's okay. telling them what is, whether it's a good or a bad package and how I can help them. So that's the employee. That's the employee. Employer. Top two reasons are on the board. Same thing. It's the same really? thing, just the flip side. Right? Yeah. So, and for employers, I mean, well, maybe a little bit more. So uh, recently there's been some amendments to the Employment Standards Act in this province. They're, they've raised the minimum wage. They've changed the, the uh, uh, emergency leave benefit uh, provisions. to certain, And there's a few other things mm-hmm. that they've done. So, I mean, larger employers usually have human resources people. They've got, you know, individuals there who are there to help them make sure that they're on side with the law. Um, but then there's a lot of smaller employers and, you know, medium-sized employers who don't have that, and they're kind of trying to navigate their way through the legal landscape, and they need somebody to say, okay, I pulled this, I hear this a lot, I pulled this uh, contract off the Internet, and is this any good? And they'll send it to me, and I'll look at it, and I'll go, no, it's not. Um, and I can give you a better one. I can give you one that's actually going to be one that you can rely on. Yeah. Right? Airtight. Right. And that's what we call risk management. We're trying to manage the risk of the employers. They've got 20 employees. If they ever had to like downsize, what's it going to cost them? And then you're able to figure that out because you've got contracts. Similarly, then when it comes time for them to let go employees, unfortunately, um, they're going to say, okay, I need your help. Um, what should I be giving these people? If they don't have contracts, then you're going to try and figure out what their common law entitlements are. You're, this is exhausting. <laughs> no, really. I just, the world you live in, man, I just, no wonder you guys golf. Uh, <laughs> every now and again. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, uh, let's wrap this up. EmploymentLawyerMississauga.com, that's the website you want to go to. His name is Craig Lewis. He is an employment lawyer, and he has a cape. <laughs> EmploymentLawyerMississauga.com. Uh, we are going to take a short break. And uh, if you are, if you want to know more about this topic, and we've poked, uh, we've poked you enough that there's more, there's questions, and you just want to, I don't know, reach out to the guy, okay? Send him a note, uh, call him up. EmploymentLawyerMississauga.com. Craig Lewis, that's who we've been chatting with. A very short break, and we'll be right back. That's a nice soft version in the background. Look at that. Craig's head is already bopping. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're going to spend the last five minutes doing a a little bit of useless television trivia. Useless television trivia here on the Drew Marshall Show. Craig, are you ready? Always ready. Tim, are you ready? Yes, Mom. Okay. We are going to start with that one. And, uh, Tim, what are you doing? I have to get ready for the show. Um, Craig. Yes. 
Though usually with the way we play t- useless television trivia is we play the theme song from a, an old TV show. Mm-hmm. And we ask our listeners, hey, what TV show is that theme song from? And they call in, and if they guess the right TV show, uh, they win nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the name, useless television trivia. But you're here. Okay. You're a um, Zen master of useless television trivia. So I get to win something? You No. Well, oh. maybe a pint. <laughs> okay. CD. CD, yeah. Actually, that's right. Jordana tells... No, I don't want to give that CD. I want that one for myself. Oh, we, she gave us two. Oh, did she? Or did, did, oh, sorry. Maybe the girls want one. Okay. Why are you... <laughs> the interns. Okay. Uh, what TV th- <laughs> uh, show was that song from? I believe that's SWAT. Oh, my goodness. Right out so of the gate. Good. Now, now does, does he know what SWAT stands for? Yeah. Strategic Weapons Assault O Team. I thought it was special weapons attacks team, but I guess strategic It might be weapons. special. It might be special. You know, you may be it's right. It's been so long. Right. I always got to play TJ because he was the ah, sniper. TJ, TJ yes. I always got go to the roof. DJ. Yeah, I, was, I was Deke because, and no, we know it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had the black pipe. All right, here go. we go. Here we go. What TV show is this from? Boy, oh, come on. <laughs> All in the family. Come on. Wow. Time for Tim. We have to get to that part. Here we go. Wait for it. And Edith. And you knew where Mr. We could use a man like Herman Hoover again. Speaking of racism, what a show that was, hey? It but great. it really shone a spotlight on yeah. on racism. Like it wasn't a racist show. It just it rev- it pulled the curtain back Absolutely. on the racism of the day. That's why comedy is the most effective thing in addressing ills in our society. Yeah. All right, what TV show is this song from? Oh, we stumped him. We stumped the chump. Oh, he does. No way. No way. Dude, it looks like you need a little fiber in your diet with that face. <laughs> He's pushing towards an answer. Can I get a hint? Uh, yes. He was he was a lawyer, and he also was on the Beverly Hillbillies. Same actor. Oh, Barnaby Jones. Yeah. Oh. Wow. The late ready Buddy Ebsen. Wow. The original Tin Man. You are a freak. He played the Tin Man? He was supposed to be the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz, but he was allergic to the paint. <laughs> Which is probably lead-based, so we yeah. probably dodge that Deal moment. with this guy. You are amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> employment lawyer extraordinaire, <laughs> Craig I'm, Lewis on the Drew Marshalls. What TV show is this from? <laughs> Can he do it within five seconds? Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't do the bad with a price on your head. Sammy Davis. No, no. Yeah, Sammy Davis sang this. Yeah. Eyes, Sammy on Davis Davis. Eyes on the Sparrow. Eyes on the Sparrow. Nice. Robert Blake. Robert, killed I killed my wife, Blake. Yes. Wow. Did kill my brother? What TV show is this from? Barney Miller. Oh, my goodness. Jock he is an absolute freak. Player. An absolute freak. What TV show is this from? Story about a man named Jed. Beverly Hills. Many connections here. Oh my goodness! Okay, what TV show is this from? Love Boat. No. Oh, Fantasy Island. No. Nope. But oh. in the same era, same genre. 
It's probably the same oh, wait writer of the song. I'm giving you a hint. Three fucks oh, ladies. Oh, oh, Charlie's Angels. There we go. Yes. Uh, yeah, Aaron Spelling, yeah. That's Aaron Spelling, yeah. nice, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, can I just say one of the my all-time favorite interviews? Oh, we're running out of time. I guess that's the last one. Man, out of time. That was so fun. Yeah, that was that's like good. four seconds long we did that. <laughs> um, when I had Cheryl Ladd on the show. Oh, wow. The name of the uh, detective agency was? Uh-oh. Do you remember, Tim? Uh, anyway, whatever the name one. was, I found a company, a private investigating company in, in New York with the same name. Okay. And I phoned them up and said, are you looking for anybody? Do you want to hire anybody? Because I've got Cheryl Ladd on the phone with me. Cheryl, do you want to apply? And we did this whole thing. It was fun. It was good. Anyway, Tim's tapping me on the shoulder. Craig, thanks for hanging out, man. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, thanks for tuning-